0: This episode is brought to you by RumbleUp. Did you know that 90% of text messages are read within the first three minutes? That's right. Stop counting open rates or dialing phone numbers that never connect. Instead, send a text. RumbleUp is the most advanced peer-to-peer texting platform, driving real conversations between real people. That's right, real so whether you're a candidate running for office, a small business, a corporation, or a nonprofit organization, RumbleUp can help you launch your own texting campaigns. Simply visit www.rumbleup.com to get started today. That's www.rumbleup, rumbleu and get started today. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Feminist, a podcast for feminists of the future. We may not be your average feminists today, but tomorrow we will be. I'm Amanda. I'm Christina. And I'm Sarah. And today we are going to talk about what exactly is feminism anyways? It may seem like a pretty basic and fundamental question. You might be thinking to yourself, why are they doing a podcast about feminism if they don't know what feminism is? However, not a lot of people do, apparently. Um, so let's just get started. A CBS News poll released just this past August, so just a couple months ago, found that only 46% of American women aged 18 to 35 identified as feminists. So that's less than half of millennial women who said in this poll that they were feminists. And um, the discrepancy between the definition of feminism was even bigger, so I think that kind of proves that not a lot of people really understand what this term is and what it's about and what feminism means and what it means. And um, there's a lot of disagreement about it. So I think it's definitely a question worth exploring. What do you yes. guys think?
1: Well, with the extensive Google searching that I did for this episode, <laughs> um, I came across a lot of really great material. One in particular from Kathy Caprino. Uh, she is a cultural commentator um, and writer for Forbes, and she just kind of spells this all out. She has this um, really great article. It's called, What is Feminism and Why Do So Many Women and Men Hate It? Naturally, clickbait. So the way she describes this um, of understanding what feminism is meant to be is by looking up the definition in the dictionary, and you'll find these statements. Feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes, the theory of political, economic, and social equality of the sexes, the belief that men and women have equal rights and opportunities, or should have equal rights and opportunities, and the doctrine advocating social, political, and all other rights of women equal to those as men. So feminism at its core is about equality of men and women, but not the sameness, since so many people offer up the argument that women are not the same as men, so there can't be equality there. Um, so in other words, because our bodies are different, weaker or smaller than men, and we have physical, like physically different capabilities, um, these, these differences make equality not possible. That's not a thing. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it really is just equality of the sexes.
0: Yeah. And I think that sounds about right, like based on what I grew up learning about feminism and what I understand it to be today. Um, but it just kind of begs the question, if it's all about equality of the sexes and us being the same um, or equal, I should say, why is it that so many of today's feminist leaders argue that you can't be conservative and feminist at the same time? And I think that's a question that a lot of people struggle with. Um So there's a writer um, who's pretty well known on the left. Her name is Jessica Valenti, and she wrote an op-ed for the New York Times that was published in May of this year, May 19th to be exact. And the title of her opinion piece, and I keep going back to this piece all the time, but the title is The Myth of Conservative Feminism, and she talks about a couple of female Trump appointees and how... Um, people on the right were expressing expressing outrage um, at the time that they were not being I guess applauded as um, being you know successful women in the Trump administration who broke glass ceilings and you know people back then I don't know if you guys remember but they were pointing out that there is kind of a double standard between um, women in the Trump administration and women in any other theoretical democrat administration so you know this writer Jessica Valenti was talking about how People pointing out that hypocrisy just need to basically shut up. And um, there's so many good quotes um, from this piece. The one that stood out to me is, uh, quote, The truth is that while feminism need not be complicated, it's a movement for social, economic, and political justice. It is not for everyone. What bothers me is when people go out and make these broad statements of, you can't believe this and also be a feminist, or you can't say this and also be a feminist. Mm -hmm. Um, What else does she say? Um, Amassing professional power at the expense of other women isn't feminist, it's self-interest. Again, she's arguing that women in the Trump administration are taking advantage of progress that other feminists, you know, the road that feminists have paid, and they're taking advantage of it without actually supporting feminism. Um, but this is just one writer.
1: She's, she's one writer, but she's one of many thought leaders in the feminist in the movement, movement. And that, she's been published in the New York Times. That lists their own litmus test for the qualifications to be considered part of the
0: Yeah, which the is club. why I think this conversation is so important. What is feminism anyway? And so, um, you know, there's another feminist writer who is very well known. Her name is Roxane Gay. And she tweeted and this tweet. Um, you'll see pop up a lot if you are like reading about this subject, but she tweeted in January of 2017, so this was right after the Women's March, um, when everyone was outraged over the pro-life group being excluded from the march. She tweeted, quote, intersectional feminism it does not include a pro-life agenda. That's not how it works. The right to choose is a fundamental part of feminism. So that's another litmus test that a lot of the um leaders of the feminist movement lay down that say, you know, if you are pro-life, you don't belong with us, and you're not a feminist. And I think
1: right there you hit the nail on the head about why maybe only 50% of women in America... Less than 50%. Less than 50%. Millennial women. Millennial women. um, It completely excludes any religious... practicing religious person. And that's not just Christianity or, you know, um, that judeo-christian uh mm-hmm. heritage of being american um that's a whole bunch of
2: religious groups yeah i grew up catholic went to catholic school you know we would get every year we'd go to march for our lives that's it right mark that i'm like yeah March remember.
0: for wait no, uh, now I'm like backwards. The March for Life. March for Life. I'm backwards
2: <laughs> with the March Parkland movement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wrong March there. Wrong March. Um, <laughs> Although the March for Life people kind of had that term first. So yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Um, But
2: it was very excluding to Catholics um, specifically. I mean, I know a lot of other religions, but I know personally as a Catholic, I felt extremely excluded knowing that my viewpoints, my opinions, how I was raised um, was not accept it at all um and i am personally pro-life but i don't necessarily i'm more libertarian so i don't don't think the government really should be saying how i handle myself i personally though am pro-life um but being a feminist doesn't have anything to do with my political beliefs it has everything to do with my personal beliefs and they're excluding me based on how i personally feel about things which is really offensive
0: yeah so it kind of feels like a little discriminatory yes yeah it's, it's very exclusive, yeah. So another article um, that I pulled up in Refinery 29. Um, this his, this historian Julie Gottlieb of Sheffield University um, was talking about, um, women on the right, and whether they can be feminist. And I think she kind of has some good ideas. We'll um, put all this stuff um, online and and make these readings available for everyone so they can see it for themselves. But um, she has this quote uh, that I thought was interesting, and it says, Feminism is its own ideolo- ideology rooted in a progressive tradition, usually around ideas of gender equality and social justice. I wouldn't say that's entirely incompatible with conservatism, but it is incompatible with fascism. I love how they always put that in there. Um, side note, and therefore women further to the right. So, I mean, there's so many things to unpack with that statement. Um, it's frustrating anytime someone has the urge to like include the word fascism fascism when talking about conservatism. That bugs me. But I think the key term that she used is social justice, and so a lot of feminists view the movement as a movement towards social justice, and everyone has a different definition of what is social justice. And I think that's where it, it kind of trips people up. Like, what mm-hmm. does social justice mean today? But, do you know what I'm saying, though? It seems like the yeah. definition is always changing. Um, and, and what is social justice if that's what the movement is about?
1: We were talking about this earlier, but it was in regards to sexuality. Um, we were talking about Oh my gosh, I don't even remember when this was. But it was like, everyone was really upset at Emma Watson for yeah, burying... This was
0: a couple of years ago, right? Yes, yeah.
1: burying her chest in a uh, Vanity Fair cover. And all of these people who are like, dogging on her like... Because she's put herself out there as a feminist. And she's been... I I actually like, really resonate with a lot of Emma Watson's like portrayal of what feminism is so like i've saw that as a great thing but i think so many people so many feminists really got on our and it's like no no no, you can't do this that's not feminism like you're objectifying yourself all this kind of stuff and it really confused me we were laughing because we were talking about like how can so many people be mad at emma watson for that but totally like laud um lena dunham (laughs) for <laughs> just uh being naked and or literally how about
0: just any other celebrity
1: <laughs> any episode of girls yeah. it's like why is that considered brave but like emma watson can't do it too um from that same forbes article i mentioned earlier um uh kathy uh she tried to kind of like explain this and she was saying that uh emma was kind of of the same elk as glorious Steinem and um The point that they were trying to make is that feminism at its core was about choice and that feminists can wear whatever they want. And um, if we're not choosing freely how to behave, speak, act, and present ourselves, then we're moving backwards. And I was like, yes, preach, snaps, like everything. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I can get on board feminism. But then we go back to the Jessica Valenti stuff. And then I'm like, or maybe not. I'm just going to shut up and sit down Mm -hmm. over here.
2: I feel like there's just such a divide with how the media portrays it at this point, and there's just not enough representation for those on the right or even middle to try to fit in this mold. Whereas if you were on the left, we wouldn't have to worry about it because we would just fit in, or at least in their mindset, fit in the right way. You can't have any type of mixed opinions at this point and fit in the modern feminist movement at all. It's just unreal. I know, but I feel like they're they're fighting with themselves. Like, I thought, like,
1: I'm not even part of the feminist inner circle, but I thought we all got over that hump of, like, we can dress however we want to dress. Like, that seems pretty basic on the feminist spectrum of things that we can all agree on. Like, no one should tell us how to dress, and because we dress a certain way does not give anyone any right to, you know, touch us or make decisions about things we may want to do or not do and so it's just like that just like screamed like hypocrisy at me like they're we're confused as conservative women just in general because we're not allowed in the club but when i see stuff like that i'm like i don't even understand what's happening i
0: don't even want to be in that club
2: it's just weird right yeah i mean Mm -hmm. you could even look back culturally what was it 10 11 years ago with janet jackson in the super bowl Yeah, yeah. it was a violation on television, and she got fined. But it really ruined her career, all because of something that was pre-planned. And she's never fully rebounded from having her breast exposed on television. But But Justin Justin Timberlake is totally like been fine. fine. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and not that I hate Justin Timberlake, like that's the point.
2: But it really hurt her career. She's really struggled to bounce back since then. She hasn't had anything at all. I mean, she's really done almost I think she's had like one or two albums, but nothing that has been chart-toppers, nothing yeah. that's made it to mainstream mm-hmm. radio. Um her career really suffered after that. And if Justin Timberlake would have done that to, you know, Lance Bass in an in-sync concert, it wouldn't have even made the news. Yet it because it was a woman, it has ruined her. And yeah. they still talk about it even at last year's Super Bowl when he was the halftime
0: Yeah, he, everyone seemed to talk about, like, bring it back to the Janet Jackson moment last year. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, let's take a quick break. I don't
1: know about you, but this time of year, I'm always reminded about how lucky I am to live in this country, and I look for ways to give back. This year, I learned about No Warrior Left Behind, a group dedicated to bridging the gap between first responders and our veteran community. No Warrior Left Behind is committed to honoring, saluting, and supporting the men and women in the military and the first responders in our community who volunteer to be in harm's way in order to serve and protect the safety and freedom of all Americans. To learn more about this organization and how you can get involved, visit www.nowarriorleftbehind.org. That's www.nowarriorleftbehind.org.
2: Welcome back to the show. Um, hopefully you have a general understanding of what at least we think feminism is. Um, now we want to go into where the future of the feminist movement will lead us. Um, I've just recently read this great article. Not just recently. Um, it's from February of 2018 it, from Claire In Time Magazine, and it talks about the feminist movement coming out of um, the Conservative Political Action Committee CPAC in February and Kellyanne Conway. Um, Me being from New Jersey, I am a huge Kellyanne Conway fan. Um, She grew up probably 15 minutes from where I grew up and still has a house and participates in their holiday parade I know (laughs) every year. Um, So my brother-in-law is a firefighter and has met her multiple times because he is a firefighter in the town that she has property in. Oh, really? Small world. Yes. Um, But she talks about how she no longer considers herself a feminist, how she considers herself a post-feminist, because the feminist party to her means being anti-male and pro-abortion, and she just can't stand by that. Um, I would say I kind of agree with her and I kind of don't. Um, It's hard to want to say that it is all anti-male because I feel like the definition is so fluid and everyone's perspective on the situation is so fluid. But I also can see where she's going with it because she's not getting acknowledged for being the first female campaign manager, I believe, to win a presidential election. Correct. Um, She is she gets made fun of in the media for how her hair looks or how she is dressed or her age her age yes um her religion um because she's very very catholic she along with other conservative women really do have to kind of fight to get good media attention i mean i know
0: recognition and just exactly basic recognition
2: and something that's really interesting that i at least know personally is that This administration has hired a lot of women. A lot of women work in their communications department. A lot of women are shaping the message of what's coming out of the president and the vice president. And they're not getting recognized either. And it's a lot of younger women. It's a lot of women that are in their 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. That is where I see, hopefully, the way that our movement can go. I mean, the president, like him or not, is very middle of the road on most policy issues yeah he really is he really is he doesn't get the credit (laughs) because he probably should not tweet but (laughs) like his rhetoric
0: is his rhetoric rhetoric is is, one thing
2: yes but when he runs and growing up in new jersey again he was never really he is a chris christie republican or
0: even a larry hogan and not even a republican
2: yeah he was a democrat until like ten years ago, yeah. Um, so
0: you're saying like it's it's annoying to see women working in the administration get like the short end of the stick or get exactly mocked or like yes. not recognition that that they should be getting. Yes, I mean we could look at the
2: fact that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the second White House press secretary in the last. Fifteen years. Yeah. Um. It was the one before that because I don't think the Obama administration had a single female that was the voice of his administration. Whereas Bush finished out his term with Dana Perino, Mm -hmm. um, you know the first female speechwriter for any president was um, oh gosh, Peggy Noonan. Peggy Noonan. That's right. Um, first female ever to write speeches for a president, and, and
0: she's a Republican, and she's a Republican. Yeah.
2: Um. So we're seeing Republican women pave the way for the future of women, yet don't get the exact same recognition. Yeah, they
0: break glass ceilings all the time, but somehow it's not as legitimate because they're from the wrong side of the political aisle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I feel like um, one of the things we keep dancing around a little bit is like the the politics of feminism. I, I can kind of see like where she's coming from and why she might be saying stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, like... Feminism has always been a political movement, and I don't think, I think it, I think it's, like, not helpful to try to talk about stripping politics out of feminism. Um, it's it's always going to have political goals, um, and politics is, is always going to be a way of, like, achieving those goals, so... The, I pol- mean, the pol the it's the policy yeah. behind it that's mm-hmm.
1: evolved over time. Yeah,
0: it's the policy, and the, and the, the the fact that like today, um, it just seems like it's turned into like from the politics of feminism to just the politics of of victimization. I guess I would put it, mm-hmm. um, and the, the idea that you have to be political, you have to be a feminist, and you have to believe that everything happens to you. Um, Because you're a woman, a woman, and being a woman inherently makes you a victim. Yeah. And that's, like, something that we're always trying to overcome or um, tear men down um, to, like, boost ourselves up. And and I'm not saying, like, all feminists throughout history have have done that or tried to do that. Um, sometimes it does get mis- misconstrued, but I do kind of see Kellyanne's point. Right. I think... Um... We do have to be careful about uh, – I
1: see this problem a lot on the right with different organizations trying to message around this. There's a bad caricature of what a feminist is, and she's angry, and she way overplays the victim card, and people on the right use messaging that pokes fun of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and sometimes
0: it's legitimate, and sometimes it's not. Exactly,
1: but- and a lot of – and and for better or worse, there's a whole new generation of – female feminists that are growing up, they're in college right now, or they're in high school, and that's, that is how they know how to talk about feminism, right? And a lot of this is learned behavioralism, and um, language is so important in that way. But um, I like to remind... The clients that I work with, that we don't need to beat the bush on that kind of stuff because that doesn't bring people in. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what they're saying, um, you know, when we make fun of them because they're wearing their handmaids costumes to every single hearing that could ever possibly happen in the Senate, is um, what they're really getting at is they're afraid of losing their freedoms, and that's not a foreign concept for conservatives. In thats it shouldn't be. It's and no, it shouldn't be because, I mean, this is a quote from Ronald Reagan, or at least a. Paraphrasing of Ronald Reagan that we only we're only one generation away from losing our freedoms or something along those lines.
0: Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. There we go. And and he goes on to talk about we don't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. Exactly. So it's um, maintaining a republic is so difficult. Mm -hmm. It's
1: so difficult. We know that our founding fathers knew that, and it's honestly a miracle that we've kept it going this long. But I think it's very important that. When we get all revved up about this kind of stuff that we stop and we recognize that just because we don't agree with the politics of feminism now, there are those inherent like we share the same values. We can all agree that we do not want
0: other people to take our freedoms away Mm -hmm. from us and that it's something that we have to fight for constantly.
2: So it's like what William Wallace said in Braveheart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Freedom! Like, let's just have some equality here. Mm-hmm. And there's just, like, a basic level of equality that we're asking for. And I think that's what feminism is all about. I'd say um, the,
1: the future of feminism really is centered around whether we can all get together and sit down in the same room and talk mm-hmm. about stuff. I mean, like, I keep hearing all this stuff about sisterhood. I mean, honestly, some of the stuff that's coming out of, like, I'm sure it's, like, the left wings of Twitter mm-hmm. um, it's calling for, like, like you're not allowed to be part of this sisterhood. Sorry, we're not going to be sisterly anymore. Like, people are pretty mad. And if that's
0: the future of feminism, then I, I don't think the movement has a great future, to be honest. if mm-hmm. if If the leaders of this movement are constantly kicking people out or saying you can't be a feminist if X, Y, and Z, then I'm sorry. But I don't think the future is very bright. To be honest, and even um, not to get too political, but do you remember after the midterms Mm -hmm. um, that famous tweet now like heard around the world or whatever you want to say from the Women's March Twitter account where um, and I don't have it in front of me. So I'm paraphrasing here, but the tweet was like, white women, you have a lot of learning to do. We want to do that with you or we're, something. We're here for you. Do you remember it? you know the tweet I'm talking about? Yeah, because like my that. mouth
1: my mouth fell open. I was like, What say what? I
0: know, my mouth fell open too. It's like they're literally saying, get on board with us or you're not welcome. Like you, that's like, the subtext of the subtext of that tweet. Not not really even a subtext. Like that was pretty blatant. I mean, that was them skirting
1: the line because you saw a lot of people just being
2: like, give up. If you're a white woman,
1: just... I mean,
0: look at
2: yesterday's news. Um, so we're dating ourselves for this podcast. So yesterday, <laughs> as in November 26th, when Barbara Streisand came out and basically accused white women of being afraid to vote against what their husbands vote for. Um, that happened yesterday? It happened yesterday. I totally
0: missed that. Yeah. Um,
2: wow. She criticized women by saying many women voted for Trump solely because their husbands did, and they don't believe in their own thoughts. And this is a woman who has been active at least in you know what is it like celebrity life and she's you know yeah for a long long time time. and for her to come out and say that she wrote a whole like musical album about how she hates the president so that's the reason why (laughs) the article came out but for her to say that you have younger generations of girls that are in you know middle school and high school and are watching entertainment tonight or something like that, or e news, where because kids watch stuff like that and are seeing that, you know, maybe their mom voted for Trump and they're like, oh wow, my mom voted for him because my dad did. Yeah, things like that.
0: I um, think that's a horrible message to send. Yeah. to mm-hmm. younger people. There I just is too. I mean, this whole thing makes me not very optimistic about the future of the movement. Just to be quite yeah, honest. To but. that point, it was right after the Kavanaugh vote. Um,
1: i don't even remember the name of this girl but she has like a ton of twitter followers and anybody can get published these days Mm -hmm. apparently but she wrote this entire article and it was published somewhere that was reputable and um it was we're gonna have to google this later i know i'll find it and i'll put it in the notes but she basically the whole premise of the article was susan collins yes vote was terrible because she is um she the only reason she voted yes was because she's trying to be the cool girl she wanted the approval of her male colleagues. I'm like, okay, a senator needs the approval from her male colleagues, so she's going to vote yes on such, an, on such an important about. decision. It's just like, let's just undress every powerful woman who has made it to the spot that she is and just, just discount her and make because her she didn't vote the way like, you wanted high school shenanigans and i was just like what in the world she doesn't she does not care about being the cool girl yeah. like oh my gosh it just got me so mad yeah there are so many things like this that have come out hundreds if not thousands of thought leader articles that it that was girl on girl i just think bad
0: yeah bad shaming yeah, I'm kind of tired of it to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So it's it seems to me like the definition has expanded and t- been twisted over the years in a way that's not helpful or beneficial, or healthy, or inclusive for all women. Or woman. inclusive. Yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Welcome
2: back. So now, what we want to talk about is what feminism means to us personally. To me, it means equality across the board. Um, I grew up with a very strong mother who supported my dad while he was starting a small business. She was the primary breadwinner um, for most of my childhood and my teenage years. So she showed me what a strong woman was, could be, and will always be. So I am very, very lucky to have that kind of influence in my life. Also by playing sports, um, for a long time. I had female coaches for most of my, um, post or pre-college career. And, um, even a little bit after college when I've done some master's diving, I've had female coaches and I've always learned to be my own advocate. They've always taught me to stand up for myself, be my own advocate, let my voice be heard, um, and to never back down, no matter what, because in sports, if you can't speak up for yourself, then sometimes on a team, your coach may not be able to do that for you. So feminism for me is just purely equality across the board um, and the importance of it. Um, Sarah, what about you? For me, it really started
1: late high school and all through college. That's when I really got wrapped up in all of that. I would have cocktails with my girlfriends and we'd sit around cigar bars and talking about how we are going to be boss ladies one day and how we were going to just, like, totally crush it. Um, and I guess it all started, you know, as all things do when you're that age. It always revolved around boys. And I. it's funny now looking back because we were always wondering, well, we always said we were so much more ambitious than our boyfriends at the time. We were wondering if it would ever mess with our relationship dynamics with them <laughs> moving forward because um, we automatically assumed we'd be making more money with than them and we probably succeeded. <laughs> um, but it, it just kind of started from acknowledging discrimination that we experienced in our own lives. Um, you know, it happens, you know, your teacher, t- uh, treats your male classmates differently than you. Um, special treatment when it came to, you know, I worked a lot of retail jobs at that time and customers would treat you differently. Um, your bosses might treat you differently. And I'm sure that ended up, you know, pays different tips are different um sparked all kinds of conversations like that and as I as I moved on and you know politics is a rough uh industry just in general you have to deal with a lot of that kind of stuff and you got to smile through it all um so I'd say that over the last you know I've been working for a really long time now (laughs) and I've found ways to deal with that a lot better. I've I've definitely gained a lot of confidence, and if anyone treats me differently, I will call them out right away. Um, So feminism, to me, kind of morphed from, oh, wow, this is so terrible. What are we going to do about it? To realizing that like I have my own power to stop that and being a hard worker and just being a great person to my friends and to my colleagues and to people in my networks will elicit the respect that you want, and you can't demand it from anyone. You have to be the change you want to see, to be able to get that kind of respect and that's it's kind of evolved to a more individualistic kind of feminism like i've always so i got in you know wanting equality and empowerment and i feel like i've really come full i have really, i've not full circle but i've bloomed into yeah i totally get this empowerment thing i want to help as many women i see come up when new women come into dc i want to help them get jobs and i want to mentor them and i want to be that supportive female that i was always looking for and it was so hard to find Mm -hmm. Um, i think I just kind of like pay
0: it forward yeah
1: pay it forward because to be quite honest um most of my mentors have been males and my biggest advocates have been men and so i've never like it started as like a oh no boys are treated differently then i realized some of my biggest allies and the best things that have ever happened to my career are men so you can't just have a blanket statement like oh man men have it so much better than me and boy i'm sure glad they pass on some of that privilege on to me um it's it's because they don't have to do that that's that is a um total a choice that they make as a choice yeah. that they made and it was just yeah so i pay it forward now so yeah. i'm all about empowerment feminism i love it Boom.
0: i love that yeah i think um I kind of have a similar stories as you guys. I I think I probably was a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to feminism. I was always interested in politics, but I kind of always approached feminism as, like, whatever, feminism. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really think about it or care about it, per se, um, until I was out of college and was a young working professional. And I think probably a lot of women can relate to this, of leaving college and going out into the real world and working their first job or jobs and noticing things and just seeing how they were treated differently. And um, it really was kind of a shock, um, to be honest. And I don't know if it's just because of me leaving South Carolina and coming to D.C., um, but I noticed it a lot, especially um in my first few jobs. And that's not to bash anyone or put anyone down. I think a lot of it is um, subtle and a lot of it is um, unintentional, but it does exist. And to deny that sexism exists is kind of ignoring reality. Like we all know that, that it, it exists. And so for me, um, feminism is about, like recognizing that and knowing when it happens. Um, but then the next step is how do you handle it? Um, what do you do about it? How do you call it out? Do you call it out? Do you bring it up? Do you talk to people? Like, it's, it's always for me, uh, like, what is the next step? And um, I think current feminists get this right and wrong sometimes. Like, sometimes... You know, it's all about you got to call it out. You got to go on Twitter, blast people like whatever. Um, but that's not always appropriate and not something that I always feel comfortable doing. So it's feminism is about figuring out just kind of on an individual basis there, like you were saying, how do you want to deal with it? How do you want to handle it? How do you feel comfortable? And no one should tell you that the way you choose to handle it is good or bad. Like mm-hmm. it's what you're comfortable with and um, how you want to do it and whatever choice you make. I think is fine as long as you're not. Um, I mean, you can take it too far, obviously. Um, but it really is for me about recognizing things uh, that I see and acknowledging it myself and then figuring out, okay, what am I going to do about this? Is there anything that I can do or want to do or should do? And then acting on it in good faith. Girl, yes. So. Yeah. So also we want to hear from you. What does feminism mean to you? Yeah tweet at us tweet at us um leave us a comment on our facebook page um not your average feminist and let us know and um again we want this to be an ongoing dialogue we want to we really want to know um what feminism means to you that's a little bit about what it means to us and we i hope that you all enjoyed this episode of not your average feminist and don't forget to subscribe exactly thank you (laughs) (laughs) until next time